Hey guys, welcome back to the Players Podcast Australia. My name is Jeremy. My co-host, Miggy G, is there in Adelaide or Radelaide. What's happening, bro? Just got off the uh, the links? Yeah, just got off the golf course, yep. Hey, how'd you oh. stroke him? Not bad. 88, Not bad. Off, 88 off the stick. That a boy, that a boy. I tried to play golf the other day with a bunch of friends of mine from the CrossFit gym that I go to, and it was horrendous they were all really good i just sucked so bad but anyways hey maybe maybe hang I'm with them hang with them hey i'm trying man apparently uh, you know that last hit you could have a you could have a crap day all day and that last hit if you drive it good uh it'll bring, bring you back, back next time yeah i it tried will. that and the mm. last hit was shocking so i don't think i'll be going back for ages long time yeah you know people think that it's actually really easy because the ball doesn't move but in fact, it is quite hard. I'd much rather hit a baseball, to be honest. Mm. I mean, I'm not great at that, but pff, I tell you what, I'm a lot better than golf. That is for sure. Anyways, let's move on. Nice little golf chat there. Early in the pod, I like it. Straight off the bat, a little bit of a hashtag golf chat. Hey, just before we get too far into our interview today, it is pretty huge, the guests that we had on. We want to have a little pause for the cause and thank our sponsors uh, at Baseball Sock Co. on Instagram, the Baseball Sock Company. Check them out, their website, baseballsockcompany.com.au, baseballsockco.com.au. If you put in what promo code, Mick? PP20, Jeremy. Into the discount promo code section at checkout, you will get yourself what kind of a discount, Mick? 20% off. That's right. Hashtag 20% off, PP20. Huge thanks to Baseball Sock Co. Check them out on, on Instagram as well, at Baseball Sock Co. On Instagram, they're on Facebook as well. Uh, that website again, baseballsockco.com.au. Dude, you get 20% off. So you may as well just put the little promo code in, right? And then you can do what, Mick? What can you do? You'll be rocking out with your what out? Socks out. Socks out. Rock out mm. with your socks out. Definitely don't rock out with anything else. And if you're going to rock out with your socks out, make sure you do it with the guys from Baseball Sock Company. We appreciate them supporting the show. And use PP20 at checkout. There you go. That's it. That's pretty awesome. Also, quick shout, shout out for our socials. Uh, at Players Podcast Australia on Instagram. Search us on Facebook. It is Players Podcast Australia. Hey, Mick, you know what it is. What is our Twitter handle? The Players Pod AU. At The Players Pod AU. Checks out on Twitter. That's pretty cool. Man, Gift Nyope, what a huge, huge episode for us. This is going to be pretty cool. I don't think there's too much else that we have to say. I think I, I just want you guys to really enjoy it. Uh, let us know what you think. Hit us up on our socials, as you just heard. Also, another big shout out to our show sponsor as well, On Deck Baseball. We appreciate those guys. They've supported us with uh, a little bit of production equipment, uh, just trying to make the pod sound a bit better. They've lined up a bunch of guests, uh, just constantly doing some uh, some pretty cool things. So why don't you go and check out their website over there, ondeckbaseball.com.au. Uh, we appreciate the heck out of those guys and check them out on Instagram at On Deck Baseball. Uh, look, hey, what else can we do, Mick? Let's throw it straight over to our interview with Gifton Yope. What do you think? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Why don't you, what's the, what do we say? We just say sit back, relax, and enjoy? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, you happy with that? Yeah. Do you want to do it? No, you do you it. Have a go? I like you, it when okay. you do it. Yeah. Oh, you, you prefer the way I do it? Okay. Yeah. All right, here we go, guys. Enjoy. This is our interview with Gifton Yope on the Players Podcast Australia. Hey guys, welcome back to the Players Podcast Australia. My name is Jeremy. My co-host Michael is there. What's going on? Not much, Jeremy. Oh, Not much. Man, this is big. This is huge. We are so pumped, so excited for you guys to see who we've got on the podcast right now in this episode. So there's no other questions to ask. Hey, who's on deck? 
Gifting Gopek, all the way from South Africa. Um, you know, happy to be on the show, excited to talk about my journey and everything. And yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, man. Hey, thank you so much. We appreciate having you on the show. This is unreal for us. And as I said to you just before, uh, there's a couple of guys that we we made a little list of guys that we wanted to talk to, and you were right there on that list. And we uh, this is this is crazy for us. So we're super blessed, super grateful for you to come on the show, mate. I mean, where are you right now? Are you are you currently in quarantine at the moment? Yeah, I just arrived in Sydney about a week ago, and or ten days ago, I arrived in Sydney. I'm in quarantine right now. Have four more days, and then I'm out. And we'll be on the field very shortly. Very shortly. How uh, how are you finding quarantine, mate? Ah, uh, you know it has its perks, you know, and you know it has its its disadvantages too. So so far so good. I've been able to you know keep my body in shape, do some exercises in my room, chill, hang out, and just prepare my mind to to play the season. One of the things we've found with a lot of the guys that we've spoken to uh, that have been in, in quarantine is that the food hasn't been the funnest. Uh, <laughs> have, have they been looking after you there in Sydney, mate? Is that, is that what's going on or is it, uh, is it touch and go? Uh, It's a little rough. It's a little rough. I mean, there, there's some food that they came out good. You know, uh, the rule of thumb is you have to have a bite, at least a bite of the food that you get, you know, just try it out. You know, you never know. You might like it. So some things that I looked at and I was like, oh, no, nah, that doesn't, you know, it doesn't look appetizing, but I tried it out and, and it tastes, it tastes well. So, you know, the food hasn't been too bad at, at, at times. You've, uh, you've been out here in Australia for a couple of years now, um, playing in, obviously in the ABL and stuff. How have you found, have, have you found, uh, have you found a little love for, uh, for meat pies and stuff like that? Is there, do, 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 do you get around the Australian food or not so much? It's just, ah, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, I take what I can get. Um, Australia, you know, needs to add a little more flavor in their food. But all in all, um, I've had a great time in Australia. Um, I'm thankful that I actually have some South African food places that I can go to and buy some, you know, some home, you know, uh, meals. That, that, that they saw out there and uh, I can make that because I, I'm in the USA for 10 months out of the time and then when I come to Australia I haven't been home in like so long so that I just go to the South African stores and I get my stats that I need. How, wow. did, how did you how did you find that um, especially um, for me I went to college for four or five years um, and how do you find it um, eating American food when you first got over there and you're in the minors? Oh, I mean, I was <laughs> my first year. <laughs> my first year in the um, in the miners um, when I got over there. I mean, South Africa is they have small packets of sweets and, and candy and all this, and the burgers are a little bit smaller. So when I got over there, I bought a huge bag of Skittles, like the biggest bag you could find. I mean, it was about that that big, and I just ate that every single day. Um, I was surprised they had that, that, you know, such big bags. Um, but the food was good in, in USA. Uh, they have a whole bunch of different foods from like the Caribbean. Um, it, my favorite is actually the Cuban food, which is, um, you know, I eat a lot of it because of my wife's family's uh, side. So the Cuban food is very good that I tried in the USA. Yeah, That's right. awesome. It's just like, it's just such a weird thing to think about is you like, like for me, my favorite 
thing over there is probably either in and out or Chick-fil-A is probably my favorite. <laughs> what, what's your go-to fast food? My go-to fast food would be Chick-fil-A. Uh, Chipotle is one of them. It's every baseball loves Ch- Chipotle for some reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A is always, is always good. They're consistent and it's always good. There you go. Well, talking about your time in the minor leagues there, I mean, you, you spent uh, quite, a, quite a long time there playing in the minor leagues. Uh, what was it like, that first transition? Obviously, I mean, I've seen some stuff on you on YouTube and stuff like that where, you know, they're talking about you back in the days of the 2009 World Baseball Classic there. Uh, and, and, and basically, I mean, whether or not it was is exactly said this way, but I mean, they were talking to you, they, they were showcasing you and they were saying, you know, without saying it, this guy is, is potentially going to go a long, long way. I mean, what was it like for you in that transitional phase there where you, you've just come from obviously South Africa and then going over to play in the minor leagues? What was that adjustment like for you? The, the transition and, and adjustment was, um, it wasn't easy. Uh, being far away from your family for that long of a period was my first time, you know, so not having my mother around or my brothers, um, it, it was tough. And then, you know, Skype just got introduced, but, you know, technology wasn't all there that you can just pick up a phone nowadays and just make a phone call and you can see each other on like FaceTime or something like that. So that's also a bit of uh, something that uh, I, I lacked um, in my transition, you know, being able to talk to my family. Um, and then not them not really understanding you, you know, because you come from a different country where South Africa is more of a laid back country compared to the USA where everything is like, go, go, go. And if you're not doing something, somebody's overtaking you kind of uh, mentality over there. So you have to be doing something every single day. So it was quite an adjustment for me and for the people to get to know who I really am. And, um, you know, there was times at practice where the coach was like, yo, listen, like, just watch this guy do his work. And I'm like, oh, I'm doing the same thing. Like, what is he doing that I'm not doing right? So, you know, that whole thing, you know, getting into like the playing every single day was also a transition, you know, where in South Africa, I played once a week at practice twice a week, where in the United States, spring training, you practicing every single day and you play games in the afternoon. And, you know, your body has to go through that transition too. So there was, there was a lot of um, things that you have to overcome. But throughout the years, I was able to, you know, know what my body is going through and how, um, how to go, you know, get through the year and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what, that's what a lot of the guys that we've had on the podcast that have been in that, uh, in the professional system have said to us, it, it is it's so much more just the grind. Like, like you said, just day after day going from, you know, practicing twice a week to playing once a week to literally just going every single day. I mean, how, how was that? Was the grind, did that, was there any, ever any, you know, periods there where you just thought maybe this isn't for me, maybe this isn't my path or did you just, you always knew that, you know, you were destined for this. Uh, I mean, there was a few times that I almost quit along my, my career. Uh, 2009, where I started getting a little homesick. Um, and obviously, it was the pressure of them not knowing me and having to play every single day. My body was tired. 
And I was like, this is just not for me. Like, I'm cut out for this, you know, like, I, I just can't do it, you know. And mentally, I wasn't prepared to play that many games and practice every single day. But, you know, with the support system that I had, my family and friends, they, they, they encouraged me and pushed me. Uh, my mother was still alive at the time. So she was always um, telling me, you know, you can't stop now. This is what you always wanted all your life. So you can't, you can't just pack up and, you know, decide to come back home, um, finish what you started kind of mentality. Um, so I, I had to go through some bumps and, and stuff. You know, when my mom passed away in 2013, um, that was the biggest, um, like, part of my life where I had to look after my family. So it was like, okay, let me just stay home and look after my family, find a regular job, whatever. And, you know, they told me, no, just carry on playing baseball at the time because my mother was the only person that was, like, um, bringing in the money and, you know, having a roof over our heads and everything. And then when we lost her, it kind of fell on me because I was, you know, yeah, like the older brother kind of thing. I wasn't the oldest brother, but I was like more of the, let me do what I can for my family at the time. Um, so 2013 was one of the years that I almost quit. And 2011, when I broke my handmaid and I didn't know if I could come back, my handmaid is a, a hook in your hand um, that I broke. I didn't know if I could, you know, get back from that injury and stuff like that. It hurt the whole of 2012 season, but, you know, I managed through it and uh, I was able to continue playing in my career. And and that you did, like you, you kept going uh, and, and let's, let's, let's get straight to it. What a lot of our listeners probably don't know um, is you were the first South African player to play in the major leagues. Uh, that's huge. That's amazing. Congratulations, man. That's even the, 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 just the depth of that doesn't, I don't think, you know, it takes a lot. You go, wow, that is huge. I mean, you've basically got the whole of a, a country just sitting there, just willing you on and, and doing that. But let's, let's, let's go straight into it, man. April 26, 2017 with the Pittsburgh yeah. Pirates. What's going through <laughs> your head, man? What is going through your head? I mean, a lot of things went through my head that day, April 26. Um, firstly, you know, after grinding nine years in the minor leagues and having that, you know, that thought that you may make it, you may not make it. And then you finally get that call, which I was in Powtucket, um, Rhode Island that day uh, against the AAA for the Red Sox. And it was a rainy day and my coach, my friend got called up the day before who's uh, the first Lithuanian baseball player, uh, Davides Nevaroskas. And they were, my coach came to me, got us in a group, and he was like, listen, guys, uh, yesterday we called the European guy. Today they want the African guy, you know. So <laughs> I was happy. You know, everybody cheered me on. They knew that, you know, this was a long life dream of mine, you know, to be in the major leagues. Coach was like, no, nah, listen, you got to go. They need you right now. So I'm like, all right, cool. Pack my bags. They say, no, no, no. Just take your glove and your cleats. The rest will be sorted out for you. So I was like, all right, cool. So I grab everything. I get to the airport, ready for, ready to check in and everything. They're like, no, the flight's delayed. I'm like, oh, you you kidding me? So when is this flight going to take off? They're like, about two, three hours. That means I missed my connection flight to Pittsburgh. I'm like, all right, cool, you know. So I phoned my coach. He's like, nah, come back to the hotel. 
and we will reassess this whole situation of uh, you going to the big leagues. So I'm like, all right, cool. Watch the game intensely, Pittsburgh versus um, the Cubs, I think at that time, that day. And I sat around waiting for the call. My coach calls me, he goes, listen, I want you to take a deep breath. I'm like, all right, just, just give it to me, you know, just, yeah. You're going to the big leagues tomorrow morning. So I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> Um, got on the trip, got on the uh, on the flight early in the morning. Got to Pittsburgh. Um, got to my hotel, and I get a phone call. Be like, "Yo, listen, you got to stay in the hotel for now because we have we have to make some transactions before you can come into the clubhouse." You know, so I'm like, "Oh man, I might just stay in the hotel for the the whole time and never get to play at all." You know, so you know, finally got to the clubhouse as I put my stuff down and then just boom, just cameras all over and really, you know, the media just stormed all over me and I'm like, oh man, this is okay. This, the, the light's a little bit brighter on the cameras out here. <laughs> so, you know, I got out there on the field for practice and my heart was racing. Like I played hundreds of games, you know, almost a thousand games in my career. Like, and, but this moment was like something else. Like I could not control my heart rate at that time. Like, and everything's speeding up. My, my eyes are a little blurry. The, the ball's kind of getting onto me a little bit. And everything's just, you know, fast paced, you know. So I had to slow down everything um, at that time. So finally I got to relax a little bit and like kind of tell myself, like, listen, you're here. You made it. Now it's just time to just go have fun, you know. The rest is the rest is history. Whatever you do at this time is is a cherry on top. So um, got in the dugout, and I was talking to David Freeze, which is uh, you know played for the Cardinals, won MVP that yeah. year in in um, I think it was 2012 for the Cardinals, and I was able to pick his brain. He's been in the league for a long time. He's telling me this, that you know how to come off the bench, how to prepare, watch the game, and everything like that. So he's giving me the ins and outs. And the coach yells for me and he goes, yo, listen, get, let's go, you're in. And I'm like, oh, where's my glove? Um, uh, okay, run over there, get my glove, get on the field. And Savelli uh, comes up to me, puts, my, puts his hand on my, on my heart, listening to it race, you know, just a thousand beats per minute. And uh, tells Jay, hey, listen, yo, listen to this heartbeat, you know. Jay Hay comes over, puts his heart on me and his hand on my on my heart. And he's just laughing at me. And he's like, kid, just just enjoy it, just have fun, you know. And uh, that ended that inning was getting up to play uh, at the plate. Um, you know, I'm facing John Lester at the time, uh, probably going to be a, a Hall of Famer. And um, I'm nervous as can be, you know, I'm, I'm facing John Lester. I get in the box and first pitch comes and I take it and I'm like, yes, okay, we're hitting the count, we're doing good. Second pitch comes, ball two, and I'm like, okay, we're in the driving wheel now, all right, we got this, you know. Should I go for a home run or should I just, <laughs> <laughs> or should I just, you know, get a single, you know, I'm like, nah, let me stick to my approach, the approach that got me here to the big leagues this year, you know, so 
he throws a fastball right down the middle and I'm late, followed off, and I'm like, oh, gift, you messed it up. Now you can't, oh, man. <laughs> so all this is just running through my head and I'm like, you know what, gift, just calm down. We're okay. We're still ahead in the count, so you're okay. You know, no panic. And uh, delivers a pitch, ball three, you know, now my should I go for a home run? You know, my, you know, it doesn't hurt. It's not going to hurt you. And I'm like, nah, let's just keep it nice and simple. We're just trying to get on board, you know, just get your first hit out the way and then many more will follow after that. So John Lester uh, delivered a 3-1 pitch uh, right down the middle, was able to put, you know, good contact on the ball, hit a base hit up the middle, came around to first base. And uh, my coach, um, KB, Kimara Bauti, Bauti, um, he, he's been with me through the minor league system um, and he's always been one of the my, my biggest supporters as, uh, from a coach's um, perspective. And he was out there and he was like, you made your mom proud, you know? And I was like, damn, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> yeah. So that was my whole big league debut. A lot of emotions and a lot of excitement. Um, sad that my mom wasn't there to see it. But uh, I'm happy that I, you know, I made my major league debut and I was able to put Africa on the map. That's unreal. That is so cool, man. That's like, oh, the stuff I've I've watched it a couple of times on YouTube and just the absolute joy on your face, the smile on your face. You know, you get that base hit up the middle, and it is like you can see it. Like I'm getting goosebumps right now just just talking about it. I'm literally here talking to you about it. Uh, but just watching it, man, like there's just joy. There's just so much happiness. And just the fact that like that, I think the announcer on the YouTube video I was watching was saying that, you know, that ball is, is it might go to GIF. It might go to, you know, Cooperstown. Did, did that go to you or did that go to, is that, is that some Cooperstown stuff right there? Are you, uh, you got a ball in the hall of fame? Is that what's up? No, I don't. I have a cap in the hall of fame. My, the ball I got to keep. So I'm, oh. I'm happy with the ball. <laughs> That's so, unreal. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was exciting. And, you know, when they took my head and they were like, listen, it's going to go to the Hall of Fame. I'm like, day one, I'm in the Hall of Fame already. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's, you know, hey, that's it. Pack it up. You're done. You, you've already made Pack Cooperstown. I'm, I'm good. I made the Hall of Fame. <laughs> what, more, what more can I do? Oh, man, that's so cool. And then obviously just, I mean, after that, like, what what was it like from there? Just riding it out. I mean, just being there. Like, is it just is it was it just a you know just this crazy thing? This I mean, like you said, the beginning of it, the roller coaster. You're sitting in that in that hotel room watching the game. You know, the day before or whatever, and you and then the coach rings you. I mean, you must have just like you said, you're just like, oh, I'm probably gonna have to watch this you know, and not ever make it. You know, and then all of a sudden you're there. You've got the reporters on you and Oh, and then just to top it all off, I mean, just to make it even better, you come through with a base knock and and go into Cooperstown. And and above all of that, it's against John Lester, man. Like, it's John Lester. Like, Mick and I are huge Red Sox fans. So, for the fact that, like, I mean, that's where he cut his teeth. I mean, yeah, sure, he's been playing with the Cubs for whatever. But, I mean, it's John Lester. And his, his gift just, just coming out and just, you know, whatever, taking him up the middle. That a boy. That's awesome. <laughs> Appreciate it. No, it was it was a, a moment that I'll never forget in my life. Um, you know, you have to be there in order to live what I went through that day, in order for me to explain it and to feel what I what I went through. Um, you know, from the reporters being there, 
you know, from my hit, the 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 double play to end the game. Um, you know, uh, it was just it was just amazing. I mean, that's about as best as I can, um, you know, sum it all up. It was just an amazing experience, and then being there, being there in the big leagues made the grind all worth it. You know, you get your own you get your own seat in the air, in the in the airplane. Um, you get looked looked after. You have nothing to worry about. You get a chef in the in the clubhouse making you what you want for for you know for pregame um, food and stuff like that. And being in the big leagues makes everything in the minor leagues just that much more worth it when you get up to the top. What was it like? Um, obviously, you finally get to that big league level. Um, you know, what's your, your what's your approach at the plate, you know, the rest of that season? Because, you know, you're talking about Leicester and, you know, everyone, you know, obviously guys are in the big leagues for a reason from a pitching perspective. Um, so, not, like, what was your approach at the plate the rest of that season going, going forward? So, my approach was uh, right center gap. I, you know... It, I focused on, okay, I'm looking for the ball away to hit right center. And for the first week and week, two weeks of being in the big leagues, I was really successful um, because I stuck with my approach. And, you know, most, when they don't know you, they tend to pitch uh, a little bit differently. Once they get to know you, then, you know, the, the, the hard work and you staying true to your approach, that's where it comes in. Um, so I was very su- successful in the beginning. I was hitting a lot of balls to right field, you know, getting on base, being very disciplined at the plate. Um, once they got to know me a little bit more and what I was doing, where my approach was, now they started pitching me a little bit differently. They started throwing fastballs in and, you know, sliders away. I had a little bit of trouble hitting off-speed pitches. So now I had a whole lot of that uh, coming at me. Um, Big league pitching is the best in the world. I mean, you're facing the best pitchers every single night. There's no like, oh, let me, this guy, you know, I'm going to get a hit of this guy. You know, they just bring him on here just so I can get a hit. Nah, they they bring in the best of the best at you. So you better be prepared every single bat, every single pitch. Um, you know, you can't take a minute off or a ball off or a second off while you're on the field, you know, because every little mistake that you do can cost um, uh, a team to win or not, you know what I'm saying? So then I started struggling um, once they figured me out and everything like that. And then it was just, everything just kind of snowballed and and I got into a little bit of a slump and I I couldn't get out of it, you know, because my approach was so right center, everything that I, you know, I started chicken wing, balls in the inside and hitting them foul I'm behind in the count where earlier early on in the major leagues I was very aggressive and you know that kind of helped me be like okay you know what I'm gonna be aggressive in my zone anything close I'm gonna hit it you know and then I started being a little bit passive and that's when I got into trouble um so I ended up being sent down at that time to the minor leagues told to told I was told to go work on some stuff over there and you know, first couple of months that I got sent down, it was a little bit um, of a struggle for me at the time to make adjustments. And 
I was still kind of hurting from being sent down because I was like, I, I didn't feel like I was doing too bad in order to be sent down, but I, I guess I got to do what I got to do to get back up. So, you know, I did everything that I could that year to get, you know, called back up and I didn't get called back up. And then I ended up getting traded to the Blue Jays at the time. Who, uh, who would you say was the hardest? Was there one, one particular person that you're like, man, that, like, that guy's got my number. Like, this guy is straight disgusting. Like, um, I faced Grinky. Grinky was, um, he just spotted everything. Like, he was just on that day. I mean, he almost threw a no-hitter against us. Um, uh, when we played at the Diamondbacks. So he was just cut away, sinker in, curveball, slider. He was just throwing everything and anything for a strike. So I could not eliminate any pitches. <laughs> I, I I just had to hope for the best that day. And he just had my number. And, um, you know, it, it was it was a tough game and a tough, at, you know, at-bats for me that day. Is there, um, I guess, obviously, you get over to the ABL um, and then it's kind of, you're probably feeling pretty good about coming over here to play because at that time you were, we still with Toronto when you came out here for your first year or you were trying to get a job with another team at that point? Um, so that year when I came out to the ABL, um, I didn't play as many games. I made my, I made opening day roster with the, with the Blue Jays. And I was on the bench. I mean, they had guys that, uh, you know, a solid team. And for me to break in was tough. So I, I made the opening day roster. I was on the bench a lot. And then I'd come in and play once or twice a week. Um, and it, it was tough because I'm used to playing on, on the field every single day and getting every day at bats. And now I'm getting minimal at bats. And I'm, you know, trying to go three for three because I'm trying to get another day to play the, the next day so added some pressure on myself uh with that got sent down to the minor leagues and when I got there I was, I was starting to play every single day I was getting in a rhythm things are starting to look better at the plate and um got called back up to the Blue Jays and then got sent down you know a couple of days later they, they just needed me there just for some backup that day because one of the guys got injured and then got sent back down to the minors, put on waivers, you know, sat there in my hotel for 10 days doing nothing, just waiting for maybe a team to pick me up or, you know, to hear what what, what would happen afterwards. Um, and then when I got back after my waivers, um, I, I didn't play as much, you know. So it, that itself was a transition for me that year. And... I only ended up playing like 60 games or something like that, where I usually play like 120 games, 130 games a year. Um, so I said, you know, I need, to, I need to play. I need to get some game time so I can, you know, open up some opportunities for myself uh, the following year. So I came down here to the ABL um, that year, played for Sydney Blue Sox. Yeah, nice. And obviously, you know, telling, looking at your stats, uh, you seem to like like playing in the AVL? <laughs> the AVL is fun. Um, it took a lot of things off my mind, you know, because when I was in the minor leagues, I was always pushing too hard. 
um, where I didn't really play the game like I know how to play it. Uh, it's always adding pressure. There's someone behind you. There's someone in, in front of you. If you just hit 300 or you hit 350, you know, you can make, you can get called up to the next level. There's always some kind of pressure that you're adding on yourself. For what reason? Who knows? You know, uh, it's just us being human that we've got to always, you know, push our push ourselves a lot more than we what we need to you know need to at that time so uh when i came down to the abl and you know talking to the guys how the vibe is in the abl and they just said you know what hey come out here have fun we, we're just gonna try win games at this point do everything that we can to win games and my focus was win games it wasn't my stats or what is going on uh, am I going to get picked up or anything like that? I just came out here and did my thing, worked on my swing that I, I had a guy in Miami that I hit with just before I came out here. And we changed my whole swing and how I, you know, attacked the ball and everything. So the idea, I had a tremendous season uh, with, with the Sydney Blue Sox. And uh, I took that into, in, in, into my next season with the, with the Phillies when I got signed. Yeah, so I guess it kind of comes back to, you know, you said you were saying that, you know, where you're from in South Africa, everyone's laid back and then you kind of go to the US and everything's, you know, go, go, go. And then you come out here and the schedule allows you to be, you know, a little more laid back, you know, well, the previous schedule for last couple of years, you know, you get the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off and then Thursday through Sunday, you're playing like obviously, um, you know, what, what are you working on after a series during the week? Are you, are you really working on anything or are you just kind of, you know, trying to recover and just get ready and yeah. Yeah. I used, I used Monday as my recovery day to relax, you know, after four games that we played and also traveling and stuff like that. So Monday was kind of like, you know, let me just lay, you know, take it easy and stuff like that. Um, and then Tuesday, I, I got out to practice. I made sure that I was like the first one at practice and so that I can get my swings in that I need to prepare myself for, you know, the upcoming games. Um, that year, I had Dwayne Kemp with me, so I was able to bring him along with the to the cage with me and be my hitting partner. We helped each other out a lot. Um, uh, yeah, so it was just for myself just to prepare myself for the next series, especially my swing. My defense was, you know, I know how to play defense. I've taught myself how to play defense. I've learned from the best um, that taught me how to play defense. So defense for me is like second nature. Everything just flows for me, you know, whereas my hitting, I have to really focus on it and really know what I'm trying to do, what my body's doing and how I'm seeing the ball. So there was a lot of work and preparation towards every single um, uh, series. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, some of the stuff that you said there, I mean, just a little bit earlier in regards to, you know, coming out here, it's very similar to one of our chats that we had with uh, another guy who you would be familiar with, uh, Boss Monaroa, who said something very similar in regards to when he was in the system in, in the US in the Pro Bowl system, that it was, the pressure, you know, the pressure that you put on yourself uh, and just trying to, you know, perform not so much to how other people want, but just, but just to where you want to be, you know, and, and that seemed to be, he said the same thing. He said, 
man, I was, you know, to the point where I just went, I, I just wanted to come out and just have fun, you know, and, and that's, and that's, and then we see that, you know, in your stats there, you come out here and you absolutely rake uh, that season with Sydney. And, and you know, so, I mean, there's, there's got to be something to that. And then, you know, next thing you know, you, you get picked up again by the Phillies. Is that, that's, that's right? Yeah. So obviously, you know, being in, in the USA, um, you're always competing against someone else where I saw myself do good is when I literally threw in the white towel. I was like, I'm done. It's August. I put pressure on myself from April to July. Now it's August. And then I literally like just, I'm just going to throw in the white towel. I'm going to try. I'm going to stop being so competitive with myself. I beat myself up so much that I didn't even know what happened this whole year. You know what I'm saying? So once I threw in the white towel, I knew that was it. I I think every single August I might have hit like 280 maybe 300 that month every single and I'm like why don't I just do this every single time but every single year is like okay they're looking at this prospect you know you got a bunch of prospects coming in um so he's gonna be ahead of you kind of thing so you're like okay now nah, this prospect's gonna be ahead of me I need to challenge him for that spot you know and the more that I was relax and I helped the prospect it helped me be a better a better player because now I'm talking to him and being like listen this is what you got to do this is how you're looking at the game and, and stuff like that and um, you know when I came out here to the ABL they see me as a big league player where I see myself as just a regular player like I'm just coming down to the ABL just to play and they see me as a big league player like they want to have conversations with me they want to see what my approach is uh, kids are coming up to me and be like, like, hey, can I get one-on-one -on -one lessons and, and you can teach me this or that. And now it became more about other people, me helping other people versus what I'm doing. And, and that just took so much pressure off. And, you know, and I, it allowed me to do and be myself. Hey, you're a stud, man. Hey, come on. <laughs> <laughs> And we all think you are, you know, all the listeners here, they're going to be like, oh my God, this guy is a proper stud. So that man, so what, like, what, what's the go now? You were, we were having a bit of a chat about it. You, there were some complications in regards to COVID stuff. You were going to come out uh, potentially and play with the bandits, but now you are down with the aces. That is, that's, that's locked in. Is that right? Looking forward to a big year with the aces. Yeah. I mean, I got signed uh, middle of the year with, with the bandits and due to, the way 2020 has been going for all of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's been a tough year. I was supposed to play in Canada. That got dropped because of COVID. I, you know, there was just a whole lot of things just not going right. And then, you know, you know, I was excited to go play with the Bandits this year. And due to complications with COVID and border restrictions and everything like that in Australia, um, I couldn't, you know, they couldn't bring me over. So... Uh, they released me and I got picked up by the Melbourne Aces. They needed a shortstop and they were like, hey, we'd like to have you at the Aces. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. You know, so uh, I'm excited to be with the champs and, you know, look forward to playing uh, for them and, and, you know, being a big impact on their team and, you know, trying to go back to back uh, championships with them. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's like the Aces are just putting together 
a bit of a squad there. There's some absolute studs in that as well. So I mean, uh, have you? I don't know if you've. Uh, I don't know if you've spent much time with uh, Daryl George. Do you, are you familiar with him at all, or or not so much? No, I'm not familiar with him. I, I've heard of. I've heard about him and that he's a very funny guy. He's very chilled. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, a legend. Yeah, excited to meet him. And obviously, he's a great player. I've seen his stats, and you know, he's he's done everything uh, superb in this league. And I'm excited to play alongside him. Well, big big shout out to Daryl George. He is uh, he is probably the funniest dude we've had on the podcast. We had him on uh, a couple episodes ago. So uh, he'll, he'll, he'll see this and uh, hopefully he'll, uh, he'll, he'll appreciate the love that we're shouting out there. So that's pretty cool. I mean, playing, what's going to be like playing with someone like Delman Young to you as well? Like that, that's got to be pretty cool as well, you know, having a guy like that on your team. Oh, yeah, it's, gonna, it's awesome to have a guy like that on our team. I mean, the scariest hitter in the ABL last season. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm trying to be like him. You know, I'm trying to be the scariest hitter too. So... <laughs> Um, hopefully we can be like a one-two punch between the two of us. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to play alongside him. He's got a lot of uh, you know knowledge. He played in he played in the big leagues, um, so I'm I'm excited to pick his brain about his approach and what he's thinking at at the plate and stuff like that. So uh, so that I can help you know the team win and help uh, uh, myself in in uh, becoming a better hitter. Yeah. In, in all aspects. So I'm excited to work, work with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, we, I mean, as we, as we're going along, we're not too sure what's going to happen with this season, you know, um, how, how it stands for you guys is there. You've still got another couple of days in quarantine, obviously, like you said before, is there anything that you know of that that's changed in the last couple of days or hours or, or anything like that? Is it all just systems or systems go as per usual for now? Um, do you have any, any insight on what's happening out there or? No, I have no, uh, you know, information about what's going on with the league or what they're planning. I just know that the, the aces will be going to Canberra uh, to play this weekend, Saturday and Sunday. That's as much as I know right now. And, you know, due to COVID and everything, you know, we got to respect the law, um, and, and you know, abide by them because Australia has done a very uh, tremendous job in keeping the numbers down, uh, as as opposed to you know USA where the numbers are, uh, you know, off the charts out there. So, um, you know, you guys are mask free out here. Um, so you get to live your life a little bit and, and, you know, be more social than, you know, having to wear a mask all day. So, you know, you've kept your numbers down. So I don't see the reason why we should be any different or exempt from, you know, doing what we want to do or, or against the law or anything like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see what, what COVID, um, how things roll out this year with, with COVID and everything like that. But I think we'll be able to get the season in. Um, as far as I know, New South Wales curve has gone down. So that's a positive thing that I can say out of this. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you're right. We are very, very lucky in this country. And I mean, obviously the way it's all gone, um, we just hope that, it, it, you know, there is a little bit of something going on at the moment, but let's fingers crossed, fingers crossed. It's going to keep going in the, in, in, the, in the positive direction. Now there's there's a couple more things just before we let you go. We understand you you know you have got a bit on, but 
in regards to this, there's something I've got to ask you. I mean, we were talking about a little bit before this, uh, there's a documentary at the moment, isn't there? This uh, Africa's home run T- tell us all about that. Tell us what, what, what that's all about. It's all about you. So, <laughs> Africa's home run is a, is a journey about my life, uh, how I grew up, where I grew up. Um, you get to see like inside of the house that I was living in for many years. Um, or the fields that we played on and stuff like that, and my journey all the way to 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 uh, the minor leagues, and you know, obviously making it to the big leagues. Uh, we've been working on this for about two, three years, um, and then it got uh, debuted in June fifteenth in South Africa on Showmax, and I, I, I'm very excited. It, I, I was, I was, I'm excited that it came out and people got to see my journey in South Africa. And I'm hoping that um, it gets out to the world and, and everybody can see what a guy in South Africa went through in order to get to the big leagues. Yeah, that's, I mean, things like that, have, it's so amazing. You know, one of the things that I've seen is, is obviously trying to, people trying to grow the game in Africa and, and South Africa and that, and, and just how much of a positive influence something like someone like yourself would have on that, you know, that whole process. And I mean, and then also to release something, a, a documentary like this, and you were saying that there's potential to, to come out on, on different platforms and whatever, like that's got to be huge, huge for the game back at South Africa. Yeah. I mean, all in all, my, my, my biggest thing is to, you know, get baseball out there um, in Africa um, I've put Africa on the map. Everybody knows who most people know who Gift and Gope is, um, you know, through my, my major league debut. And now that, you know, I'm trying to get this documentary out everywhere else in the world and hopefully get some people to, you know, help Africa grow in, in baseball. Um, I mean, we have, we have potential, obviously the 2016 World Baseball Classic qualifiers, where we went to the finals against Australia at the time. I mean, that that just showed you there that we do have potential to, you know, be a solid team and compete against you know teams in the top ten in the, in the world of baseball. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, one of the things that you did say there was was your family, and and from what I understand, you spent a lot of time at the fields there uh, growing up. Uh, I believe I believe your mother and your family was heavily involved with with running the baseball fields. Is that is that right? Yeah. So, um, so when I was young, um, I lived in the village with my with my grandparents, and my mother moved from the village to the urban areas, which would be Johannesburg, and she found a job at the Rambic Mates Baseball Club, and I got sick as a kid. Um, getting into things that I shouldn't have gotten into and drinking, I thought it was water, but it ended up being like fish oil or something like that. So I uh, ended up having a running tummy for quite a while. And uh, my grandmother didn't know what to do with me. So I called my mom and was like, listen, yo, your, your kid's sick, you know, come get him. And then that's how I got um, to make it to the baseball club. Um, being out there, having the field in my backyard I literally roll over I mean, I, and I'm on the field so yeah that was pretty cool I started throwing the ball against the wall um, and the coach kind of called me over and was like listen 
you got a good arm, why don't you join the team? And that's that's how my baseball career started. Um, started in South Africa and just took off after that. And and not only just for you, but there's another little uh, a little tidbit of information here that I've got is that your your younger brother Victor, he's also signed a uh, a professional contract. Is that right? Yeah, so my brother signed a professional contract with the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, it was exciting news for both of us. We get to be in, in the same organization. And I was really happy for him. I mean, I was trying to push him to play soccer because I was like, you know, the grind of being in a, uh, being a baseball player and everything that you have to go through, you know, you, you have so much that you cannot control, you know. But if you go play soccer you're good at it and I think you're going to be amazing and that's that and he was like nah I want to play baseball so I was like okay cool. <laughs> you know it's, it's it is your choice I'm just saying I'm just trying to guide you as a as, as a brother but uh he chose his own path and and decided to sign a contract with the Pittsburgh Pirates and uh played for three four years and he just got released from the Pittsburgh Pirates last season and due to COVID, he didn't end up getting uh, picked up by any other team. But we'll, we'll see what the future holds for him. Maybe maybe next year you can bring him out as well. And it can be a one-two punch like that. How about that? Does that work? <laughs> I know. I mean, I've, I've been, I'm, I'm dying to play with him because um, he, he's, he's, like he's like a son to me. Um, I, and... Uh, I try to guide him as best as possible and show him everything and, and, and teach him the right way to do things. And uh, we, we just have that special connection between me and him. And I wish we could just be on the field all together, um, playing up the middle or just playing on the same team. Uh, so hopefully one day you can come, come out here in the ABL and, and we, can, we can be together, you know, up the middle, turning double plays. You know, just like how we practice back home because we, we did a lot of practicing together. <laughs> Dude, that would be sick. And if there's anyone out there involved in an ABL club, look, here's your chance. You've got next season. You know, it might be a bit, might be a bit hard to do it this year, but next season, get it sorted. You've got then go pay two, one, two up the middle, shortstop, second base, man. It's going to be, hey, there you go. How good would that be? That's going to sell some tickets. That's going to put some bums on seats for sure. Absolutely. That's so cool. And also the thing you were saying there before, right? Trying to get him into soccer, not a chance in hell, man. If my bigger brother told me, you know, he's a big league player and he said, no, no, try and play soccer, not a chance in hell, man. I reckon he's saying, I want to follow in your footsteps for sure, man. That's unreal. That is so cool. So it's, it's, it's really, really, really amazing. It's kind of full circle for me because I actually played against Giff's brother at the world championships in Colombia in 2018 and then got to pitch against gift in the ABL the past two seasons. So <laughs> how was that? Yeah, I think we, uh, I think we won um, against South Africa. Um, but yeah, it was good. I mean, full circle. Um, it's never fun facing you in the ABL, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it's not too bad. No, awesome, awesome. No, he's uh, he's got a lot of he's got a lot more swagger than me. You know, he's he's <laughs> oh yeah, okay. That charisma on the field where I you know I show it, I'll have fun, but he's he's all about it. He yeah, he loves the camera too. On uh, while he's playing, if you want to talk to him one on one on camera, he's not the best at that. But uh, he has a lot of energy and 
you know, kind of drives me up the wall sometimes. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, he, he's, he's very fun on the field. That's awesome, man. Look, Ed, this has been so much fun for us. We're, we're going to have to wrap it up here. Uh, but we really, really appreciate your time, mate. And look, thanks so much for sitting down with us and sharing your story. It's, it's amazing. It's super inspiring. I mean, you know, hearing all the stuff that you've had to go through and then to finally make it to the big leagues and then, and then just, just even just to see you out here playing in the ABL is, is huge. And, and, and we really appreciate you coming on this, on this podcast and just chatting to a, to a couple of guys that are, you know, sit around and talk a bit of shit, you know? So, but we really appreciate it, mate. Thanks so much. We wish you all the best for this year and, um, and the years to come. And hopefully, like I said, hopefully fingers crossed. If anyone out there is listening, get GIF and his brother, Victor, Get them in one, two up the middle. That is sick. I think that's something that I just, I want to see so bad. So, so let's start that and make that a thing. So thanks so much for your time, mate. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Hopefully we can get my brother out here, but thanks for having me. It was a pleasure and I enjoyed uh, speaking to you guys and uh, talking about my journey. There it is. That was our chat with GIF and Gopi. Oh my gosh, that's amazing, Mick. How cool is that, dude? We just had gifts on the show. What the such, heck? Such a cool dude. And oh. just the way he looks at everything, just unreal. Yet again, uh, what the listeners didn't hear is after the podcast, we sat around for at least another 10 or so minutes just talking about baseball. And uh, wow, what a guy. So just, yeah, it's just super cool. This whole thing's really amazing, man. This journey is just crazy. And the fact that we're talking to these guys, it's just, what that, like, that must be, that must have been so huge for him being the first ever African-born South African player to play in the major leagues. Like, could you imagine that? Like, that's just. No, because it's literally like a one in a million or yeah. 10, 10 million or 50 million or whatever the, whatever the pod stat is. Pod stat. Yeah, we should have had a pod stat. We've dropped the pod stat over the last uh, bunch of episodes, but, you know, I don't think it was a killer episode, but it was a killer, um, not episode, uh, segment of the episodes, the pod stats. So mm. I just prefer to just talk to these players, man. I think that's way more fun. But if you, the listeners, want to tell us that you want to bring the pod stats back, hey, we'll bring them back. It's really easy. It's really simple. You just got to tell us. You got to hit us up in on the socials, slide into our DMs at Players Podcast Australia on the gram. That is the Instagram. It is a gram slam. Hey, see what I'm doing here? See what I'm doing here, man? I'm I see what you're doing. You're yeah, killing it. I'm, I'm killing this. I'm killing this. Hit us up at Players Podcast Australia on Instagram. Search us on the Facial Books. No, that's Facebook. Hit us up on there too. Players Podcast Australia. You know what I'm about to say, Michael. It is my favorite thing to say. Michael, what are we on? Le Twitter? The Players Pod AU. Ah, just never gets old. Hit us up on Le Twitter. Give us a, f- a follow. Do you follow? Yeah, you follow people on Twitter. Hey, correct. Give, give us a retweet. Retweet our stuff. Yeah. Share it. There's the little star, isn't there? That's a star. I don't know what that is. You can star things. You can still like things too on Twitter mm. as well. And then the little square thing is the retweet. Looks like a recycle button, but it's not. It's retweet. So, that's that hit us up on the socials tell us what you want to see on the show but like i said holy jesus man it's crazy that we've just got to have a chat with gift like what like it's just so cool i can't get over it you're just like oh yeah interesting. So cool. no i thought it was awesome 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. Good. Glad. Hey, um, are we going to wrap it up? Is this what we do now? Is are we done? Are we done wrapping things up? Yeah. Right. Okay. That's it. That's uh, it. What's your Instagram, Michael? Michael ne- Michael Gain. It's in the name. <laughs> Something I don't know. What is it? I don't know what it is anymore. That is the worst. You said Michael name. It's in the game. What the? You, 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 this is bad. We're getting bad. I haven't had a coffee today. That's probably why. Ah, uh, that's what it is. Is my phone goes off in the background. Um, you haven't had a coffee today. What is wrong with you? Yeah, why? I don't know. Why? A I day just, without coffee is just not being worth busy. It. Being not busy. worth it. As we hear the uh, the uh, the traffic going past Michael's house. All right, give it to us, man. Hit us with your Instagram. What is it at? Michael Gain, it's the name. That's all you got to say. But you got to yeah. say it like I, real ca- I keep butchering Dudley. it. Yeah. yeah, I know you do. It's your, it's your one tagline that I'm trying to help you with. Come on. Yeah. All right, you ready? Hey, man, what's your socials? Hit us with your socials. Michael Gain, it's in the name. Yep, that's good. Uh, mine is at JJ55. And that's it. That's all we've got to say. Uh, do you want to do it or do I? Do I get to do it? Which one? You do it. No, we always. I always do it. All right, here we go. You wrap it up. You ready? Yeah, good. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.